BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. And now part three of our three-part special with Palestinian-American, human rights major, and former Miss Arab USA, Suzanne Aslan. In this final installment, Hugh Ward starts us off with understanding how to approach conversations with people who have opposing opinions. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. The amount of things that I learned from the both of you just with regards to replying and responding to people with love and allowing people a space to have made a mistake and be redeemed mm. in their thought is really something that I have to say with the microphone on. When we first started Civic Cipher, Ramson and I were dealing with that, but it was more like a Fox versus other American news outlets because Fox was like this state, seemed to be this Republican state run entity that was intentionally reporting news that was nonsense because it was in their best fiscal interest. And, you know, some people in power over there were making those decisions like full out hundred percent. There's nobody on the network that was saying anything that was even remotely true. Again, we are in a place where there is an othering of another group of people. So the whole country now, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, all of the news gets to come slighted because there's another other to point to as the bad guy. And both of you have this lead with love heart that is absolutely necessary because Rams has taught me we cannot create a space where people cannot be redeemed. So if they didn't have the diversity and thought or the emotional intelligence to see things different, that they're stuck in that space so that they cling to it and they fortify it. And now they're going to lean harder into the only place they're allowed to be. So giving people a space to say, I'm sorry, and I didn't know and not I told you so them to death and make them feel ridiculous like they can't mm -hmm. be redeemed and they can't be taught and they can't change their mind. I want to commend both of you out loud for that 
because I've been so critical sometimes. Ram just knows as I get so upset, <laughs> I'm not even, Ram just has to remind me, you cannot be cold to a point where people can't be forgiven and can't be redeemed. Like you have to lead with love and have some space for people to kind of come back to reality because it's very easy for this propaganda machine of media and television to trick people and them not know any better and really passionately feel the way they do, even if it's because they, they've been indoctrinated and haven't been yeah. properly educated. And something that I want to point out before we moved on, 65% of those killed have been children. That's why this isn't a conversation. Like. There's so a- if the number's 10,000, 6,500 children, not soldiers, not men, like you said before, children. That is not what a war looks like. When... um. Before the show, we were talking, Ramses and I, and I was saying how I was um, asked to speak on this, but bring in the human element on a different show, bring in the human element. And they were like, you know, and we're going to really like to try to keep the politics out of it and just talk and, you know, just talk about your family. And and, and I was well, I was like, I was like, okay. I love I love the human element and that's why it's so good you know if there's a problem happening in Palestine you talk to Palestinians mm-hmm. because you need to humanize it and how else do you humanize it other than seeing their faces and hearing their voices and knowing their stories and so I said I would I would love to do that however I can't come in and not talk about politics because here's the truth of it my very birth being born a Palestinian is inherently political not by choice I don't want this. Guys, I don't want to talk about this. I would rather <laughs> would rather not talk. Why? What's so funny? No, go ahead. I would rather not talk about this. I would rather talk about it. Like the, I shouldn't have to justify my existence. Yes. But I've been Lord, having to do this. Yes, I, I can't wait to hear this. Okay. So, But I've been having to do this my entire life. I will meet people who've never been to Palestine, never even talked to a Palestinian, and they will meet me and they will go. They're like, oh, you know, where, where are you from? I'm Palestinian. And they instantly have an opinion about my very existence, whether or not Palestinians are even real. Hello, Newt Gingrich. Whether or not Palestinians are even real, they have an opinion on. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm fake now. Like, I, I don't exist. What is this? But so for us to say, let's have this conversation. Let's remove politics out of it is is so um, they didn't mean it in this way. But they don't understand. They don't understand that, sadly, the life of a Palestinian everyday dinner conversation is, did you hear what the state of Israel just did? Every single, did you hear what happened to your cousin? Um, My mom being arrested at the age of 12 as collective punishment, her entire class was arrested at the age of 12 without their family being informed. You want to tell me that I can't make that, that's not political? It's Yes, Quentin. I'm raising my hand like we're in class. I feel that way. Because some of those people ask you to remove politics on purpose. And that's my, when I talk about you guys' hearts, <laughs> that's my pushback. Like Ram just gives people a grace sometimes that's undeserved. Yes, some people are ignorant and don't know any better. Some people are very intentionally saying that. Mm. Let's leave the politics out of it so you don't end up calling them racist. So mm. you don't end up calling them nationalists. So you don't end up calling them fascists or bigots or 
whatever is going to come out when they start talking about their quote unquote political beliefs. It's not about the politics. It's about your lack of humanity and your lack of empathy. It's not your political position. It's how you feel about other people Mm -hmm. because you feel like there are people that you can justifiably place beneath you and you don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. You want us to remove politics from the conversation when we start talking so everybody can be friendly and kumbaya and and hold hands when some of you are very, very intentionally on the side that you're on. It's not all ignorance. Of course, there are a lot of people that don't know any better. Mm. Some people absolutely do. Mm -hmm. And they're absolutely intentionally racist, intentionally see themselves as supremacist and intentionally place some of us beneath them. So it's not always ignorance. Sometimes people are bad people. I hate that, but it might be true. In the last month, obviously, I've had a lot of conversations about this, and I've been really blessed to be able to educate people, and I do it happily. Sometimes it's frustrating. A conversation I had once in this time was, it reminded me, it's just so funny how history repeats itself. It was, um, okay, so what do you guys want? Like, what do you want? And I'm like, well, we want freedom. And they're like, right, but what does that mean? Is it like a one state? Is it a two state? I'm like, oh my God. Okay, so we don't even, we tried for a two state, but then they broke apart every piece of land that we even had our hands on. So that's not a possibility. By the way, they don't want a one state because that means we don't have to live together, which is not what the state of Israel wants. They don't want Palestinians there. But so we haven't had the opportunity to have a conversation of what our future looks like. The response was, well, then I don't. So it sounds like you guys don't really know what you want. I'm like, Mm. okay. So that was the first part. The second part was, and God bless this person for continually asking and me. Oh, and God bless me for trying so hard to, um, But the second part was, well, if you guys got freedom, then how do we know that Israelis are going to be protected? Do you know what this reminded me of? Mm. This reminded me of, well, what happens if we give black people freedom? Aren't they just going to kill all the white people? Mm. This was a a concern, right, in the days of ending slavery, right? I think it's still a concern today somehow, even though we've done nothing to prove the point. A little bit, a little bit. And so that idea was like... So it was it was maddening to me because here's this violent occupying power that is committing ethnic cleansing and genocide against a group of people who want freedom. And they're like, right, but we have been so horrible to you. If we give you freedom, you're going to you might hurt us back. And that's so, so scary to them. Yes, Quentin. (laughs) To consider yourself a decent person when you're doing something horrendous. You have to, in your own mind, think, well, anybody in this position would do this. So that's where that if we free them, they'll hurt us back yeah. mentality comes yeah. from. We, we're not disgusting people. This is what anyone would do right. to take their land back right. or to whatever their explanation is to themselves. They can't just be disgusting. They have to be doing what anyone would do to protect their prosperity. Their right. prosperity. So, yes, if we free them, they're going to want stuff back because they're just as bad as us. We're not. Yeah. People, we're not just as bad as you. We just want to exist. We've never tried to belittle you. Right. Even in our cries for freedom, we don't cry for your capture or your mutilation or your harm Correct. or violence against you mm-hmm. at all. Never. We just want to exist and be okay and you not intentionally do us harm. I'm trying to say this so nice and not curse. Great. Be mad. I know. I haven't cursed once and I'm really proud of myself because that's just not how I talk. You guys just see that. Some of you will see this, but I'm grabbing Rams. You really are. Trying to just, you You're know. You're great. You're not going to sound like an angry man on this show. Things things get complicated and not complicated. So this, to your point, Nelson Mandela tried so hard 
for nonviolent direct action. And they got his him and his whole organization, they got pushed underground and they ended up using armed resistance. The second they ended up using armed resistance, they were labeled terrorists. They lost the narrative. Nelson Mandela was a terrorist in the United States until 2008. He had been imprisoned already for 27 years. He had already been freaking president of his country. And he was still until 2008 labeled a ter- Nelson Mandela. Mm. I mean, the man is a saint now. Like if you think, oh, you're just like Nelson Mandela, what a compliment that would be, right? Yeah. But he, so oh, we, cannot, King, have, yeah, we cannot look at what governments say and do. If a government, our government, would say Nelson Mandela was a terrorist up until, I want to say 2008, wasn't that long ago, but I think it kind of was. No, that's it, not that long listen, ago. Listen, that's because we're older, but apparently it was a long time ago. Mm. Um, but if he was a terrorist up until 2008 in the United States of America, it tells me that we have to look at our government with a massive amount of skepticism. They do not have anybody's best interest at heart. They seek to divide. They have a narrative that they want us to ingest. And I know this because my entire life, I've always known the truth about Palestine, but my entire life, I have had to explain it to Americans because they use the same, they use the same words, which means that you're all being fed the same script. Israel has a right to defend itself. If you hear people say that phrase, that means they have heard it over and over again. They are not using any critical thinking, but they think it's their own novel idea. They go, oh, yeah, you know what? Israel does. Every state has a right to defend themselves, except for Palestinians. We don't. But everybody else does. And so when you say that, we're like, oh, you haven't used any critical thinking. And there are certain terms like that that have been used throughout my 38 years on this earth, which isn't that long. I know it's a long time. Um, but it's always been the same story. And it I just tells that. me. That wasn't what. Do I look younger? Yes. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless I was thinking twenty four ish. Oh maybe. God, get out of here! Okay. No, so I, ladies and gentlemen, they are flattering their their podcast guests. I, I, um, I go ahead. <laughs> the narrative is so particular and so strategic, and being on the other side of it and actually knowing the truth, and then watching what is being fed to my fellow Americans, shows me so much about what they want you to know versus what's really happening. Today we are joined by Suzanne Aslam and Q Ward discussing the Palestinian perspective of the Israel-Hamas war and the Free Palestine Movement. So let me say this. Um, and I want to get some final thoughts because I know you made some notes before we wrap up, but I, w- I want to say this. You said something that was really interesting when you were saying that, you know, my existence is political. Mm-hmm. Effectually, that was what yeah. you communicated. And in learning why a lot of black activists, mm-hmm in the United States have taken up the position of let's support Palestine. They need our support. Let's make some noise on the ground here. Let's call out the president for enabling the ethnic cleansing and, you know, and so forth. 
the commonalities there in what you're saying about be, your birth being political, I think that that's shared. And this is part of why Q and I were like, man, this sounds really familiar. Mm. Because on this show, we recognize that our being born is political. Um, there's a, uh, this is, this is a moment where I feel it's, it's appropriate that we share this with you. So this is not an intention and this is not my intention of taking anything away from this moment, uh, with respect to my Palestinian brothers and sisters, but to, to, to suggest that I, I can understand and respect this plight. You know that I'm black from across the street. I got a big old afro. You mm -hmm. could you could tell that's there's only one type of head that grows this hair, right? Um, my skin, it's all brown, all over me. And so that's kind of what, you know, that's what it means to be melanated, right? So everybody knows that. Uh, you can't tell if I'm Jewish, you can't tell if I'm nothing. You can tell I'm black though. Right? If you have eyes, you can tell that. Um and living a political life where I understand that the optics surrounding a person like me by those with authority, by those with the capacity to hand out punitive, not punitive, but um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, punishments. And, punitives, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, I was, I was going to say something different, but yeah to hand out punishments, to determine my future in a systemic way, the future of me and my people, um, without my mm. involvement. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not as able to shape my future right. as, as much as they are, you right. know, with, with the stroke of a pen or with, with the misremembering of facts or whatever, right? right. My existence is political. Um, I've lived in a country as a second-class citizen. I don't need to make that case for you because Angela Davis will make it for me, mm -hmm. right? Um, so again, there's a lot of commonality there in terms of kind of seeing what is going on in Palestine and what has happened historically with black people in this country. That said, I have to say that there's a lot of commonality with Jewish people. I'm not talking about Israel. I'm talking about Jewish people. It's important for me to say this part. Because Jewish people and black people, we've done a lot of good things in, in our history together in this country, not the least of which is the NAACP, the founding of the NAACP. Um, but there's the other part of it that I think is really, really important. And I think that I want to say it to you. And, and if you share this with any people who have lived the life that you live or, or can see the world through the lens through which you view the world. We say, Q and I say, um, that we were not born to fight only. We were not born to suffer only. We were not born to, we, we, we get to be happy too. We get to be proud. We get to be free. Um, and this is not something that is exclusive to us. This is something that we've learned should be our reality. We should dedicate it you know, our time to fighting and pushing causes together. We should dedicate time to, um, we should, we should allow the times in our lives where we have to suffer through some stuff. We should embrace that, learn who we are relative to that suffering, grow as a result of that suffering 
inform the the people that come behind us to minimize you know their suffering but let them know that it's a part of life and we should move past that but we should not perpetually be in a state of suffering we should not perpetually be in a state of mental anguish that's not fair that's what i would say right that's not fair we get to be happy too Mm. right and so i want to make sure that before we finish our conversation today that um I think that a lot of the support that you may have seen from black activists in this country comes from that same spirit of that's not fair. They deserve more than that. I know what that feels like. I I am a fighter and they're fighting and they should not have to fight alone. They should not have to fight forever and they should not have to fight a losing battle. If I had to guess, if I'm speaking for other, I'm definitely activist Q is too. But if I'm speaking for others, I think that I want to make sure that I say that. And if I'm able to share this platform with the Black Information Network with you so that you can give a voice to what your people are going through, um, it is not a it, it is a, it is an honor it is an honor to be able to do that. for you. Thank you. Thank you. There is a woman in my life who is. Most responsible for the version of me that anybody meets today, her name is Reverend Estella Seacrest. Hey, mama. Um, on my way to Baltimore, Maryland, to ce- celebrate a friend of mine, you know, an incredible career achievement for a friend of mine, I got a call from my older sister that that woman had been rushed to the emergency room. So this changed my destination. But on a flight en route to what I thought was going to be Baltimore, Maryland, I sat next to mm-hmm. two strangers. And before our flight took off, one of those strangers got like upgraded and moved to another seat closer to the front of the plane. We all know what that means, mm-hmm. uh, which left me next to another stranger with a seat in between us. So we both got to feel like we got upgraded to first class too. a little bit more leg room, a little more elbow space. Um, and I don't know how we got to this point in the conversation. But there was a moment when this stranger made it known to me that they were Palestinian. And I have to feel like that prior to my reaction could have been a little bit uncomfortable because you don't know how people in this country are going to respond to learning that about you when you're on the other side of this conflict that's all over the news and your side of it is being framed as the bad guy. And without thinking and without hesitating, I embraced this person and we cried. And then we spent the next few hours becoming friends. I think I don't, I don't think it was just casual conversation, but we spent the next few hours caring about each other and sharing stories and talking about our family and our kids and our plights, but more importantly, how Without the proper information and education, there's a lot of people who have no idea how to hear her side of the story. And before I was even able to reach out to Ramses uh, or Chris to kind of see how they felt about it, I thought it our responsibility to give this person a platform. And I am so grateful that she took me up on that offer and is sitting here with us because I knew before that flight landed that I loved this person 
and would fight for them and had their back. And, and that, that person would mean something to me and my family moving forward. Um, and she, without hesitation said yes to my, (laughs) to my invitation. So thank you for what a actual human being experience is like. Neither of us at any point during that conversation said, Hey, let's make sure we leave the politics out of this because mm. that's an unnecessary thing to say yeah. when your intentions are genuine, in my opinion. So uh, what Rams has said, us kind of looking at each other while we're listening to you, like, man, the, the, the similarities and the, the things that we share with regards to our uh, plights are wow. But Realizing that right now it's time for us to be there for you in any way that we can, I think is important. And and thank you, Ramses, for always having that spirit. Always. Even when I'm mad and angry and standoffish, Ramses always has a love spirit. A, hey, man, we have to do what we can to build these bridges back. Even when I'm kind of hopeless and feel like it's impossible and, bro, that's not going to happen. He has a sense of optimism that. I'm glad my son has and that he has an uncle that has that. And he now has an idea or an aunt that has that spirit as well. So, you know, um, and we learned this today. I'll have you both look at the screen here. That is a fact that I did not know. And wow, not just considered to be a terrorist, but on the United States terrorist watch list until 2008, Nelson Nelson Mandela. Mandela. Wow. So um, with that in mind, uh, let's give the the final thought to you. uh, I know you had plenty of notes. Let's go through. Let's go through the notes. Um, There's just you know what these notes are. What's that? These notes are a justification and explaining why we deserve to be listened to. So. What I want to do just with one final word, I should say something very poetic, but um, I'm not going to because it's too important. Um, this has, it's not just about what happens in Palestine. Everything that happens in the world happens on the back of Palestine. This issue is so important for the whole world. And you can think, well, it's happening over there and it's so sad, but you know, it doesn't affect me here. There are states that are trying to pass and have successfully passed laws where you, if you work for the state, have to sign a document. This is in Arizona, in Texas, in Arkansas, and other places where you cannot boycott the state of Israel. Senator, sorry, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas said, this is part of the anti-BDS law. BDS is boycott divestment sanctions. This is what helped South Africa achieve the end of apartheid. This is our nonviolent direct action that we are trying to to utilize. And in our nonviolence, they are so afraid of it that the state of Israel, and I sent you that clip, and I would love for you to play that. The state of Israel, you have to play it now, has worked with the United States to create laws that benefit a foreign nation that now I, if I work for the state of Arizona, cannot. Go ahead. Real quick. Um, describe the clip because I, I believe it was the president or the it was the leader, prime minister, prime minister, prime minister of Israel, Benjamin saying, Netanyahu, right. Go ahead. saying, guess what? We are passing laws that say that you cannot stand against Israel in the, US, yeah. in the United States. I don't care if it makes people mad. This is going to happen. We're doing it. And he's saying it with just such. He's so yeah. bold saying um, that what, how mm-hmm. the U.S., yes. we on the ground cannot protest the the violence that 
Israel is peacefully protest, just boycotting. We can't protest. You as a citizen cannot boycott the state of Israel. Yeah. You as a United States citizen cannot boycott the state of Israel without without punishment. So Governor Governor, what is it? Greg Abbott said, Texas stands with Israel, period. An anti-Israel policy is an anti-Texas policy. Uh, there was a children's speech therapist in Texas who was asked to sign an oath never to join a call to boycott Israel for as long as she held the job. This is affecting us. This is affecting our freedom of speech in America. And you think it's going to stop here? You think it's going to stop at Israel? Well, I, I'm, I, I support Israel, so I don't care if this is this law exists, right? You can say that, but you think it's going to stop there. It, whoever's in office, whatever laws that they want, who, however it suits them, they're going to create laws, but they want to take away our number one right, freedom, yeah. freedom of speech. This has hit our homeland. This has hit our turf. And to sit idly by and, and think that it's not happening to us is really dangerous. Oh, listen, black folks, next time... It's another George Floyd or whatever. If they have these things in the books, you know, um, it's very easy to use this framework and roll it out into our freedoms of speech that we've used time and again throughout our history in this country with protesting and nonviolent resistance and, you know, 2020 and so forth. So I, I see exactly what you're saying. This is we I see the template that they're using. When you sent that clip over, I was like, oh my God. And I it, I was wondering if it was a deep fake, but I it, guess it's it shows not. you how how powerful nonviolent movements can be. Sure. Yeah. And it shows you how scared they are of the truth getting out. Sure. So that's a, actually a positive, which if we can think of it that way. My my biggest fear is those smug, arrogant people in power that make those type of videos and feel that way mm -hmm. that they're able to not try to take these things. They're just taking them. Like we're watching this happen in front of us. They're taking whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've become so disenfranchised with our political process that they get to fill up chambers of commerce and, and legislators and people politicians and people their in bidding. power that will do their bidding yeah. with no pushback resistance they get support no resistance yeah they get support in fact it's so it's really scary man so um i know that was key but i i i see you have some notes and this is <laughs> i want you to make sure you say everything that you need to say i want you to feel like you've expressed yourself and i want you to feel welcome to come back mm -hmm. if there's more to talk about um but if you feel like we've, we've given people enough to digest we can we can leave it here but i just don't want you to feel like i'll leave it with this there's a, a chant that we say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. There are people who choose to, which is so wild how you need to convolute it so much in order to get to this end point of this maze. But they've chosen to say this must mean the eradication of Israeli people. And that's people have thought this when we say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. All we're asking is if you look at the map of Palestine and what is now mostly Israel, on one side, you have the Mediterranean Sea, and on one side, you have the River Jordan. And what we're saying is between those two bodies of water, we just want to be free. Well, um, I would like to thank you for coming on and sharing uh, your thoughts and giving us some, some perspective and insight into 
really areas that we don't know too much about. Um, it's important that we're educated and we know why we feel a way, whether or not that way is the right way to feel. And we have a template and a framework, as Q mentioned, to change how we feel and feel like there's a soft space to land if we've been, been wrong in the past. And I hope that we've done a little bit of that today. Certainly, if we have done it, it's been because of you know your involvement, your input, and your willingness to come up here twice now and have difficult conversations. I Again, you were not, I'm going to just say this to my sister, you are not born to suffer. You are not born to, to die. You're not born to just fight, do any of these things. You deserve to be happy, you deserve to be heard, and you deserve to have your existence validated. You deserve to smile and play and have grandchildren you know, whenever that time comes out, you know, I don't know if that's something you want, but you know what I'm saying? You get to, everybody deserves that. Something I talk about with you a lot. And I, I, I just can't thank you enough for, um, giving us this moment. Um, Q as always, uh, you are the balance of my brain. You know, keep me grounded in, in the real world. And I know that I have a tendency to think everything's going to be okay. And often we need that sort of measured approach, not that kind of pie in the sky, it'll work itself out type of energy. And so I appreciate you helping me out with this conversation because you knew, we both knew that this would be a, a tougher conversation to have. I didn't cry once. I'm proud of myself. Anyway, um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is Suzanne Aslam. Um, she is a human rights major, uh, former actress, Miss Arab, former Miss Arab USA, as well as an activist turned writer. And uh, most importantly for this conversation, she is our Palestinian sister. Um, you are welcome to come back anytime. And do us a favor before you leave, uh, let people know your social media. Um, I know you have a book that you've written, so feel free to plug the book. Um, just let people have some of that connective tissue so that they can keep up with you as you continue to give us insight into um, it's, this is like. It's important for me to, while being a Palestinian is my identity and something that I'm so proud of, and um, it is, I'm not afraid to tell people because I just, it's my, I smile and my chest gets bigger when I talk about it. It's something that I love, but I am also other things. So I wrote a book about, um, it's a dark comedy about postpartum depression and anxiety because mm -hmm. there's other parts of a person. And that was something that on a human level as a mother, I struggled with mm -hmm. and it needed to be talked about and it needed to be talked about in a way that was, um, without shame. Mm -hmm. So I say all the dark thoughts that we're all thinking as mamas, but we can't say out loud. Dang. I'll say it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, we need that. We need somebody who's just like, eh, it's, it's what it is. What's the name of the book? Uh, it's called postpartum me. Mm -hmm. Fickle woman spiral into postpartum depression. Um, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry a little bit. Um, I talk about Harry Potter a lot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just it's just a part of who I am. Um, and but my Instagram handle is the only place I live digitally is Suze Yatim Aslam. Can you spell it, please? Suze is S U Z Y A T I M Yatim. That's my Palestinian last name. Aslam A S L A M. And that's all one word. No spaces. No underscores. Yes, there. Right. And you can find Q at I am Q Warden. You know where to find me at Ramses Ja. Um, and just like with any other episode, I know this was a longer one. We've had to chop it up into pieces. We appreciate you staying tuned for this uh, conversation, but hopefully you 
feel like we do that it was well worth listening to. Um, share your thoughts. Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. Reach out to us. Let's have this conversation. We'd love to hear from you. And until we do, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you've got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.